Hi guys, Jamie Joshua, host of Jamie Joshua Live on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes here. This broadcast is brought to you in part by 1-900-SNAKE-FOR-YOU. Oh, are people just not doing it for you anymore? Are you looking for something hot? Yes, then call 1-900-SNAKE-FOR-YOU. When was the first time you ever watched a porno? <laughs> yeah, first time. Who said I uh, watched porn? <laughs> <laughs> watch porn? Yes, I watched porn. Um, when was the first, first time, time you ever? <laughs> first time I ever I'm, watched I'm porn. This is, this is actually rather um, humorous. When I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, um, maybe even younger, I, I don't remember the exact age, uh, we used to eleven have, or twelve. Younger, I, I was start. Yeah, yeah. This is this, here's how it comes down. Is we, me and my brother, who is a year and a half older than me, um, we stayed home from school through the summer or whatever, and yeah, you know, we or whatever, we were old enough to take care of ourselves. Well, my dad had a um, an entertainment center with a special drawer <laughs> with a. <laughs> well, I, I have one drawer. too now myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the drawer below. That one is jammed. You can't get into it. <laughs> Well, this one, the drawer below the special drawer, you could pull out, and you could creatively slide underneath on your back and reach up and around into the top drawer. And uh, <laughs> I'll be damned if there weren't some VHS tapes up in there. And uh, yeah, so we would uh, we would watch, and then uh, we would try to slide. The thing is, you could only get your hand so far up and around, so you usually only had an option of two different tapes because you couldn't really reach too far down into this drawer. Um, <laughs> The worst part was when you're trying to put the tape back, you had to try to drop it back in the slot. So next time Pops opens up the drawer, hopefully he doesn't know that the things are kind of a little bit uh, messy up in there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. It was, you know, my brother and I and a couple cousins and guys in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. But that was probably the first time I saw porn, and I, I can't say that I uh, knew exactly what to think of it, but I knew it was interesting. Yeah, and, when, uh, and thinking about it now, you know, what would he have done? You know, would he have come and come and come into your room or something like? Hey, oh, you took my tape. Because <laughs> like he did not want to admit of owning that. <laughs> oh well, well, it, it's not like it was a really secret. He had a locked drawer. I mean, what do we think he kept in there? Stashes of money. <laughs> we we knew what Christmas was like. We knew it wasn't stashes of money. But, so. so someone doesn't realize that. that. It's like asking you, oh, now this this. <laughs> I can see how that would irritate the hell out of you. <laughs> Right, and that's that's a little bit irritating. And another thing that that's a little irritating is is punching in a thousand times. Uh, that's oh, a little yeah. irritating also. Somebody who who really, I guess you could say, not not uh, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know how they skilled punch in. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how you can write your own words. And not rap them all the way through, I, I, unless unless you rapping pussy fast and 
get you get out of breath quickly, then I understand. Some do that, and, and it's a it's a it's understandable. But if you just messing up just because you just messing up, like that's 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 sort of terrible. You know what I mean? I understand, but at the same time, you got you got to have some type of determination of when you come into the studio, at least at least have some of them memorized in the back of your head. Yeah. So nowadays, everyone I'm sure is off their reading off the phone, and uh, before it was the pen and the pad. But uh, what would you say are three things that every artist needs to have when they come to record at the studio? Three things. I'm, I'm gonna say this because some people have forgot, so I'm gonna say lyrics. That's the first thing. And the second you thing, actually have your hard. lyrics. <laughs> In the song and writing there is what you may be saying. Yeah, get, bring your lyrics. Don't 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 forget <laughs> your lyrics. Um, and another thing is a hard, is your hard drive. Always have a hard drive. You can't be you can't be an artist and be serious about your craft and not have a hard drive. And suspecting somebody to keep a hold of your songs, you should want your masters. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. if you come into our studio and record your songs, and you want to keep your songs, that means we are the we we keeping your masters. That means we own them. Do y'all get that? Like I don't think some rappers or artists get that. Like we own them if we if you we the only ones who have them. So if you have them, then that, that means you own your own masters. So I mean that's, yeah. that's that's two, and number three is, and I'm say this because they forget is beats. Don't forget beats. Bring some beats. One thing that one thing that I, that kind of irritates me is somebody who comes in there free falling, and what I mean by free falling is they just come in like, hey, okay. Hey, give me a beat. Give me a beat. I'll rap. As far as, far as, as, far as your, your you don't know what beat? Nah. And, um, give me a beat. Give me a beat. Give me a beat. Give me a beat. Give me a hard time. Like, who are some, who are some of the people that you came across over the years that people just have to say? People that gave me a hard time, maybe tried to make us stay in OBW uncomfortable. Is that, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first one ever was probably Big Show, but we've talked about that before. Big Show and I have had our problems. We, we've covered that uh, on on other podcasts, uh, so we won't go deep into that. Uh, listen to one of the other brilliant shows I've done, and it'll tell you. Uh, I had my issues with um, Mark Henry for a while. And Mark Henry and I are very dear friends now. I was forced to fire Mark Henry at one point. And also, I got the pleasure of hiring him back when I told the company we were fucking up. Uh, but as far as pricks, as far as pricks that came to OVW solely to try to fuck with me and give me trouble, uh, Bob Holly was probably the biggest prick and, and a douchebag of all. And uh, oh. I hated his guts. Before, I hated his guts before he got here. I hated his guts when he got here, and I hated, and I hated him twice as bad when he left. When he got sick, I, ho- I hope he died. I'm not a hypocrite. If I don't like you, I don't like you. And if I don't care for you while you're here, I certainly ain't going to care for you when you die. <laughs> Excuse me. He was a prick and a douchebag to everybody he ever met. 
I know people in the wrestling business that loved everybody that couldn't stand fucking Bob Holly. And uh, I got no use for the fucker. He was he was so concerned that I made money off an autograph signing of his that didn't draw shit. I told him it wasn't going to draw shit because nobody around here gave a fuck about Bob Holly. So he, he was pissed when there was only like 30 people there for the signing. And then a wrestler named Seven told him that I profited $700 off his autograph signing. Well, number one, that's the biggest fucking lie anybody could ever tell because at OVW, none of us got paid for autograph signings. None of us. Uh, the only time you did is if it was a WWE event at Louisville Gardens or Six Flags and a sponsor paid money to sit with you. That is the only time any of us made any money. And I got a percentage of those. Believe me, I wasn't making a percentage of Bob Holly's 30 people that showed up see him at some fucking flea market out in Shepherdsville, Kentucky somewhere. So that prick comes back to TV. That prick comes back to the TV studio that night when we're filming a show, and he is giving me hell up one side and down the other, yelling at me from the bleachers. And this ain't no rib. He's really fucking hot. He's upset that he thinks, because number one, he's down there, uh, supposedly to help out. He's down here because no one in WWE wanted him around. So he's down there and yelling at me and telling everybody how he's going to fuck me up. He's going to beat me up unless I give him $700. He comes over to the ring, gets in my face. He says, you little fat motherfucker, you're going to give me $700 by the end of the night or I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. And I just looked at him and I said, well, you better get your beating shoes on. I said, you didn't get no fucking 700 from me. I didn't take a fucking nickel off from you. And I told you up front you weren't getting paid. I'm not getting paid. I said, you drew 30 fucking people. Be mad at yourself, not me. So I walked away from him. Cornette come over and got in between us. He said, what's the, what's the problem here? I said, Bob Holly thinks I made $700 off from him today. He said, Bob Holly, are you a fucking idiot? He said, number one, we thought you were down here to help. If you he ain't here to help, get the fuck out of my studio. He said, if you say another fucking word to Dolan, he says, you're done here. And when I tell him that you're fucking to Dolan, you'll be done there. He says, now, if you're here to help, we're, we're, we're happy to have you on the TV show. If you're not, get the fuck out. So finally, he shut up and quit crowing. He did whatever he was supposed to do on the TV show. And then, of course, he goes to the back, and he's still bitching about how much money I made off from him. And all the boys knew better, because they knew none of us got paid. So he was just crowing to the choir for no fucking reason. And um, so, so Bob Holly was number one, flat-out biggest douchebag ever. And like, if he could drop dead, I wouldn't give a shit. I wasn't a waste of pissing on the guy. Uh, the so when things got crazy, was that, was that, I assume, on the weekend? Like, was that the busiest time for these places? Yeah, mostly on the weekend, typically on a Saturday night. They were pretty busy. Um, and just a different crowd. Uh, mostly on Fridays, there was a lot of karaoke. So on Saturdays, that was kind of, they sometimes they would have, like, Ladies of Desire come in. Um, which they're a Ladies, beautiful set of Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, stop right there. <laughs> ladies of Desire? Yes, Ladies of Desire. And it's a um, beautiful set of girls. They come in and they kind of give, um, you know, a little mini show. Some will dress up in little costumes or outfits, um, show off a little bit, and they get... Um, Everybody kind of cashes in their big bills, gets a bunch of ones, you know. They have fun. They party. Is this like a uh, Girls Gone Wild type deal? It's not Girls Gone Wild. They don't do anything like that. They just kind of, you know, um, with what they do, they just travel and do it, and they do different shows at different places. Um, 
So when they would come in, things would definitely kind of get a little rowdy. They'd get things stirred up, and then they would leave, which by that time, everybody's buying drinks, buying shots, and they're ready to go, and all the, the fun entertainment would leave, so everything would start to die down. And then you have your people that don't want to go home and are too drunk and just want to talk crap to everybody. On the actions that they're doing, like, what what do they do to make them want to go out and hit somebody in the face and with a beer bottle or something after a show? Like, what was they doing prior to that yeah. that made them want to do that? Yeah, I'm not cool. Oh, shit, man. We got another call. Hello, what's up? You're on Jimmy Joshua Live. Is that just to listen to it? I don't think so. It's letting them know that they got to call. Oh, you're listening to it too, right? Yeah. You want to go out front? Hey, what is, who are you? This is K-Money. Can you hear me? Yeah. You got to call her. Call somebody. Somebody Hello? online here. K-Money, are you on the air? Yeah, it's K-Money. Hello. Also, we got K Money calling in. Mr. Robert Fallen Angel Richards on the line here, very popular guy. People keep calling in. Yeah, he um he told me to call in tonight. Um, well, but since then, it has turned into um she she wants to uh. He wants me on his mixtape. He uh, and he's, you know, he's a great vocalist and he does a lot of stuff with acoustic guitar. So um, he's he's a novice level guitarist and a master level singer. So he wants me to come out and play some guitar on some YouTube videos, so that he can focus more on singing and I can give him some nice guitar background. Anyways, my whole point is uh, he's going to be a Scarlet and Gray. Cafe on High Street, July 11th. I'll be there. Protege Degrees D Smith. Uh, I think Mr. Six is even going to be there, so motherfuckers can't miss that. But like I was saying, like, uh, the respect from the people that matter, you know, Big Lazy wanting me to be on his shit, that really makes me feel great. And it's because of things like that that I don't ever listen to haters. I don't never care about bad opinions because, you know, something like this is, it makes me feel great inside. I know that I've done something when somebody of that caliber wants to work with me. And, you know, when you get that from somebody like him, haters never touch you again. You don't care. You never care again when somebody has something negative to say about you because you know what you've done. You know what you're worth to those who matter. So, yeah, those are the little finer things that I love about doing music and makes you keep going. Yeah, all time. Um, you can kill someone and get out in ten years. You know, murderers. You know, and eventually you can be released from prison. But there's people in prison for life for a pot. <laughs> you know, they didn't kill anybody. Maybe they had a large amount of a uh, weed and marijuana, and they're serving life in prison now. Whereas, you know, a murderer or a Casey Anthony or this and that. Uh, so, is the death penalty the, the answer? How do you feel about the death penalty? If you say to the whole entire world, if Barack Obama comes on television, like, if you commit any crime, you will 
receive the death penalty. Like, uh, how do you feel about the death penalty? If they put it in every state. See, it, with the death penalty, you know, I'm kind of, kind of torn on the issue. Like, generally I oppose it, um, but if it's, you know, like a vicious crime and, you know, it's it's just something, you know, molestation, just... Like, keep in mind, this is, for, this is for adults only. This isn't for anyone under, you know, that wouldn't know yeah. better. You know, like, I robbed a bank or I shot a guy. Like, uh, well, if I do that, I'll get the death penalty. So I, oh, I, I, I see yeah. that as a deterrent. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in favor of it. You know, I feel like two wrongs don't make a right. Um, and it's actually, it, it's, it costs less money to keep someone in prison without parole for life than it does actually perform the death penalty. I learned that in, like, my street law class in senior high school, but I'm, I'm actually against it. You know, I feel like if someone commits a heinous crime like that, you know, the harsher punishment, in my opinion, is them having to sit in jail without parole for the rest of their life because they got to deal with that, you know, every day until they die you know, with no chance of freedom, I think. That is a better penalty than just kind of hitting it for somebody and they don't have to deal with that, you know, regret at all anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Make, make, them, make them suffer for it. Don't let them off easy because half the people want to die, clearly. <laughs> you know, like they're fed up with life and they're tired of everything. They can be able to do things like that. But don't let them off easy. Don't, don't gas them or bullet in their head, firing squad, whatever. Make them have to live with it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like it's, I don't know, it's a more morally right issue for me because I'm, I'm kind of against death and everything. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I've never really been a huge fan of death. Right, yeah, go ahead. What, what were your, what were your thoughts when you heard that Aaron Jesus was going to be closing? Oh, I was like, man, that, they're like taking a spot away. Like, like Jesus was the spot, man. Shout out to Kid Money. That's one dude. <laughs> Yeah, so it, was, it was pretty shocking. I mean, when it, and all that. Oh, and that's yeah, like, pretty much yeah, like, it, like, I, I kind of knew it was coming. Like, it didn't come out of left field. Because, like, it, there was a little bit of word going around at first. So I kind of, like, took a little bit of a hint, like, maybe it might be true. Maybe it might just be a rumor. But, like, sometimes it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, another another thing on the issue that we could talk about because you've been performing at a lot of shows is uh, is uh, anything ever happened with these shows and, and fights happen. Now uh, at Burnsies, I heard it was always bad on Juggalo nights. <laughs> these people from out of town would come up there and all the Juggalos. Uh, I don't know if that's that's kind of what King Buck was telling me as well. But, <laughs> but um, what, what's your perception of this as far as it? Like, I think fights are going to happen regardless. You know, I, I got threatened that, oh, Charlie's, there was no show going on. I mean, I mean, you kind of blame it on hip-hop shows. No, like, like I, I like I kind of see where they're coming from because, like, in the hip-hop or whatever rap, like, we got bad reputation for people talking about guns and whatnot and music and, like, and rap or rock music as to where you go and get in a mosh pit, that's part of the show, you know what I mean? But then you have these hip-hop shows 
And like everybody's there to have a good time, but there's always that one motherfucker that just fuck up everybody's night. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> always the one motherfucker. I've seen it build a couple of times where it is. Somebody's just start getting louder and louder, and then before you know, here I am, straight biting sounds. What the hell is shit can't break me down? Feel a real good, roll them up. Hey, blunt teeth, one make it brown. Never want to get some on the papers now. Whole houses filled with papers loud. That fragrance, wow, we drink it down. Control your bitch, or mind go have to take her out. Let's take this shot. Chase that crown with a little bit of blue moon Get him over night room, boom, much a few blue shoes Like a huge scoop, super booties and booms too Smoking on that pretty got cool shoes Swiss potent juice, ain't it that's too too Bitch, if it's a cause I get it when I choose to I ain't here when I say boom, boom, like my gin I knew I was late cause I already seen you had some different projects out Oh, hey man, a lot of people are though And that's the thing too, um I started when I was like like, eight years old, writing music. I tried writing music when I was, like, eight years old. Like, I was really into R&B because I was, I was a 90s baby. And I was, like, 98, and that was just right after the big surge of, like, R&B that came through the 90s with Warren Hill and all that. And I wanted to write R&B songs, and it was really hard for me because I was a really bad singer. And I gave up on it for a while when I did sports. And when I was 18, I uh, started rapping. I just started getting an attitude about me, just the, the teenager attitude that accompanied my vocabulary. And my musical skills, so it just ended up kind of working out nicely, like around the, around the age of eighteen. So, there, are there actual recordings of you singing anywhere? Because I haven't heard them. What's that? <laughs> are there any recordings that still exist of you singing? Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no. I, I never re- I never recorded as a, as a, as a child like. Like I wish, I wish I had the outlets. I may have, I may have pursued it more if I had the outlets to do something like that. But it's probably, it's probably for the better that those uh, recordings don't exist. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Now on the line, we got Ron Flashet. Ron. Oh, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Why, why are you so late calling in? Shit. Well, I'll tell you uh, one thing. <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> what is your problem? Why are you asking me what my problem is? Well, you said you wanted to call in, like, complain about something. Yeah, like when the fuck was the last time I was on your show? Do you remember? Do you remember the last time I called in on the radio show when you had me as the guest? Do you remember that? Um... Uh, no, I don't remember. I just started doing this radio show. You started doing a fucking show ten months ago. <sighs> the beginning of the fucking year, Jamie. You started this fucking radio show. Did you ever call Ron? Ron, the main reason that your YouTube show, Jamie Vision, got as many fucking views as it did. The main reason you are so fucking popular. Did you say to call Ron before you come on the show? No, of course you did. Of course you did. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because the fucking shitty friend, they're fucking worst. They're the fucking worst thing I've ever, ever come across. Ron, calm down. Ron, Ron. <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah, I, I know. I just started doing the show, and yeah, I've been booking guests and stuff, and uh, you just disappear, though. Like, uh, fucking, uh, I had you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you had me on Facebook. I'm fucking, uh, how did you have me on Facebook? Because you were sick. You were fucking sick. I was not sick. You fucking told everyone that I was sick. And then what did you do? Well, you fucking...
can do. I finally let you come on Facebook, and what the fuck did you do? Why you mad? Well, take that fucking tone with me. <laughs> take your girlfriend home, make a woman out of her. <laughs> well, I did not have a girlfriend. Oh, fuck you. Anyway, yeah, you were sick, so I was nice enough to come on and fucking host an episode of Jake. Wait, can't you make it out? I'm all fucked up. Wait, fuck. You're the fucking show. You're miserable fucking franchise. Wait, fuck, yeah. Everyone tune in Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock and watch Wait, fuck. <laughs> like, that's going to be a fucking success. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, like, a lot of people watch that every Wednesday. Uh, my own family members cussed me out when I stopped doing it every Wednesday. Like, like every Wednesday night, oh, fuck you, or listen to me. Yeah, Jamie Vision, yeah, you restarted in 2010 or whatever, had me on there a few times. I give you back. But you fucking cocksucker, you fucking had me on Facebook one fucking time. That was the thing you were doing. And now you're doing this radio show. Never called Ron. No, never called Ron. You're too fucking happy being butt buddies with fucking D1. Who the fuck is D1 anyway? That's not a name. Like, hi, my name is Ron. You know, Ron is a name. You can't have, like, one letter and one number as a name. You know, who the fuck is D1? So that's one thing that separates you from the flock of, of rappers around here, I gotta say. Well, it's like, what What are they inspired? Is it just like you get an idea and you just bring it to life and video? I mean, what really inspires our videos, one, we make club music. I don't like, like I have the mental capacity and telling me to make any type of music that I want to, such lyrical music. I really don't like that type of music. Why? Because, truth be told, like, one, I mean, I I have been in the hood all my life. I was born and raised in the hood, but one, like, I don't come from a group of dummies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, my mom was good. She, she went to college, you know, after I, I finished high school, she finished college. So, But her mom, you know, they finished college, her brothers and sisters, they've all went to college and things of that nature and finished. So I don't come from a group of dummies. You know what I'm saying? So, one, with the whole club music, I like that music. I don't want to listen to lyrical, make-you-think type of music, so I'm not going to do that type of music. So the videos is actually showing what my mental capacity actually is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't come out here seeming like we're just too dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like rappers like Gucci. Gucci man, you know he went to college. He, he I did not know that. God, that guy two was in college also. Yeah. So yeah, two chains. People like that. I mean, they play that. They play this dumb, dumb role for the whole, you know, for the whole crowd and for the whole fan base. But um, I mean, I'm just trying to one what I noticed with them is they tend to do some of their stuff. If you actually sit down and pay attention. They do video-wise or visual-wise. There's actually a whole business to it and a whole thing to everything that they do. They just don't put out bullshit like, uh, and I ain't talking about lyrically or music-wise, you know what I'm saying? But more so, some of the stuff that I do, like video-wise, concepts, is more so on a business tip, make people think, like, all right, I just thought 420 was this, this, and this. How they come up with this concept? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just bringing a little bit more mystique to the whole 420. Just to let them know that we're not stupid, dumb. I mean, club music, I ain't going to say it's an act. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of bars now. Pardon my language, but uh, 
what what was the the shittiest bar you ever walked into? <laughs> uh, shittiest bar was one of my favorites. <laughs> it was uh, a place <laughs> called The Edge. The Edge on uh, it was on OSU campus back when I was when I was younger. Yeah, The Edge was um, one of the many buildings that burnt down, um, you know, 15 years ago or, or whatever on campus when um, basically High Street hot on fire. You can almost look at it that way. Um, but it started to be the down, down, the downhill decline there, and they kind of leveled a lot of buildings. But the Edge was an underground bar, not in the fact that it was underground, so nobody knew where it was, but literally it was under the ground. You, you came through the front door, went downstairs <laughs> to the basement, and um, unlike, say, Sway, which is um, underground and clean and classy and, you know, nice, this was underground, the sticky floors and picnic uh, uh, tables downstairs were, were what you sat on. I mean, you know, when you talk about, you know, dirty places, this was a place that literally I was downstairs and the DJ was pretty cool, playing some great stuff, people were jamming out, you know, it's a college campus crowd, and you're sitting on a picnic table literally in a basement where it's dark, and all of a sudden you look over next to you and about like two people down, You'll see two two people just fucking on a table, <laughs> just just sitting there and <laughs> doing the deed in this dirty ass place. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't even want my feet to touch the floor, and his stuff's touching her. And I don't know. It's, but you know, it was it was something else. It was it was the place. But yeah, the edge. Um, anybody who's um, closer to my age and uh, grew up in this area, and, oh, you know, they find them to the edge at one point in time or another. But yeah, that was that was probably. <laughs> One of my one of the places I had a lot of fun just because it was you know my younger party days. Even though I wasn't drinking much, um, I was just enjoying the atmosphere there. <laughs> There's uh, plenty of atmosphere in the air. So, oh man, the edge. <laughs> yes. So have you ever? Oh, it's weird to transition. Where do you go after that? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 this is the best way I can describe the floors there is that if you think of, um, you know, you, you see the, the the spy movies where they're going up the side of a of a building and the glass with suction cups on their hands and knees and they're climbing up like Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the floor there. Only there are no suction cups. That's just how your shoes stuck to it. It's like... It's, as you walk through it, it was something. <laughs> it was good stuff. Good stuff. Jamie Joshua Live Part 2 um, Hope y'all enjoyed it Hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Making it for everybody Forgive the uh, poor audio quality Whenever I download my shows from fucking iTunes Or Blog Talk Radio it just, it, it, They sound like shit So <laughs> That just makes it more of a reason And more important for you to just listen to it live When it's on the air live And um, all that But yeah This Sunday night 11 D1 Back on the show can't wait to talk to him again. The uh, two-time Ohio Hip Hop Award nominated 
artist, producer, winner, going to be the shit. Check it out. Sunday night, 11 o'clock, blogtalkradio.com slash Jamie Joshua. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.